Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Morning has finally arrived, and it is the final day of the Rolex 24 Roar before the 24 on track activity about to kick off here this morning as it is just a tick before 9 o'clock. The rapid response vehicle heading out onto the circuit where it will stay until 3.45 this afternoon because that's how long we get our cars out and running. Good morning, everyone. I am Shay Adam with IMSA Radio bringing you a little bit more coverage of this roar. It's been an interesting one. Just to give you a quick recap of what happened in yesterday's running, night practice was the big feature of the day where everyone was allowed to go out for one hour time, but that wasn't without red flag interruption. There was one incident in particular for the number 86 MSR Acura. Shinya Mishimi was driving and trying to avoid a spun car going through the bus stop hit the wall pretty hard with the back of the car that has resulted in subframe damage so that car will not be participating in today's activity they're going to take the car back to ohio set it right the team assures me it's a fairly easy fix once they get the back end of the car off but they want to make sure that they can do it properly and not try and just rush it here at the track only one other car has gone home this morning, even though there was the option for the GTD and LMP2 cars to roll out after qualifying finish yesterday. That's the number two Rick Ware racing LMP2 car. It's been a difficult roar for them. They did an outlap during the first session, and that was about it. Got a few more laps during the second, and a few more then again in the third, but in the fourth session, fairly early on, hit the wall in the International Horseshoe backwards, which resulted in some damage to the car, did not participate in qualifying, and by the time I came to this side of the track, shortly thereafter, their pit box was cleaned up, their truck was sealed, and they were ready to leave Daytona Beach to try and go back and fix that car. Brand new car to them. They bought it in the offseason and trying to launch a full season campaign. Other than that, a little bit of good news. We have the 98 Aston Martin that did not turn any laps on Friday because Paul Dallolano was injured and will not be participating in the Rolex 24, unfortunately. It was a skiing accident, uh, nothing to do with car racing. But Ross Gunn, Pedro Lamy, and Matthias Lauda, all three drivers here in Daytona, the car finally rolled out during night practice. Ross Gunn getting his first laps around Daytona under the lights can you imagine a more storybook way to make your debut? It was a pretty cool thing to see that car out. It went very slowly at first, taking its time, betting in. But by the end of the night, Pedro Lamy had it up well within the top 10. So if they can find a suitable bronze driver for that car, you can be guaranteed it will be competitive. Today, we start things off with a Michelin Pilot Challenge session. They go out for a little more than an hour and 15. Then we get WeatherTech for an hour and five minutes. After WeatherTech rolls out, we get a slight break. Then qualifying for GTLM, 
and the DPI categories. We already have our poll sitters, and I promise you I'm going to try and track down Frankie Montecalvo and Ben Keating this morning before practice gets going. They were the two respective poll sitters, Keating, doing a fabulous job in the LMP2 class, Montecalvo blowing away the competition and stunning a lot of people in the Lexus for the GTD category. But enough of me rattling on and on and on. Let's hear from a couple more drivers before we get them out on track. How about we start with Ollie Jarvis. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Ollie Jarvis back again at Daytona, back again with the Mazda logo, but this time you are an IMSA race winner. Overall, got the race win last year. You had the ALMS victory, you had the Grand Am victory, but different coming back, having won at Mosport, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It just took longer than expected and, and longer than we hoped, but we got there. Um, you know, we always said it was going to take a little while, but we didn't ever think it would be a year and a half. In terms of 2019, what was your best race? I'd probably say, even though we didn't win it, Watkins Glen was right up there. I was quick all weekend, qualified on pole. I think I was one of the quickest in the race. It just didn't quite go our way on strategy in the end. What's the one race you want back from last year? Uh, Petit Le Mans. I mean, we, we were in command of that race right up until the last half hour, or should I say 15 minutes when the safety car came out. Um, I, a lot of people probably didn't realise, but we were one of the few that only had to stop one more time. Everybody else had to make two stops. And then... Uh, Unfortunately, we also suffered an engine issue. So not only we didn't win it, but we also didn't even finish on the podium. What's the biggest setup compromise on the car between you and Tristan? Uh, I wouldn't say there's a a big difference, to be quite honest. Um, I probably like a bit more front front end. I can live with a little bit more oversteer. So, you know, that's the subtle differences between myself and Tristan. He likes uh, the rear a little bit more planted. But, um, you know, it's not major differences. So we generally end up in a very similar direction. What's the best pass you have ever made on track? Oh, wow. I really enjoyed the pass. Actually, it was last year. was at Bathurst. Um, yeah. You know, I set it up for sort of four or five corners, and it had been sort of a 10 laps in the making. But uh, I managed to, to pass a BMW, which is not an easy GT3 car to pass, into the last corner. Um, in terms of prototype, I'm actually not sure. That's a difficult one. I'll have to think about that. All right, I'll get back to you on that one then. What's one race car you've always wanted to drive but never had the opportunity? Ah, good question. Probably an Indy car. Yeah. Never driven it. I've driven a lot of cars through my career. Drove a Formula One car. You know, most of the single seaters had the pleasure to drive some some of the best prototypes in the world. But yeah, never drove an Indy car. So, you know, it'd be interesting. I drove the A1 GP and, and cars like that. So a lot of variety. But uh, you know, I enjoy watching Indy car. It's a bit of a you know, it looks like a car that moves around a lot, a lot of fun to drive. So I think it would suit me. I think we should try and make that happen. That, that sounds like a bit of fun. What's your favorite part of the track weekend? Like when you get the schedule, what's the part that you look forward to the most? Ah, the race. Um, yeah, I, you know, I live and breathe for the racing. Um, everything else, you know, testing's important. But for me, you know, I just want to get the race started and, and get out on track and, and do what I love doing. And, you know, the rest is just build up to that. Where is home for you and why do you live there? Home's where I was born, believe it or not. I've, so cool. I've moved around. I lived in Switzerland, lived in Japan. But uh, I've got a really good network of friends and family where I live. I've toyed with moving, still thinking about it. You know, I'd love to live in the U.S. for a little bit. But, um, you know, there's that the 
draw of having you know such a, a good group of friends and like I say family close by so it's still on my mind it might happen but uh, we'll have to see who is your favorite person to battle after last year <laughs> that's interesting actually do you know I, I have to say I, I quite enjoyed uh, Alan Cameron in the uh, Penske I thought he was hard and fair um, you know it's always nice going up against the best you know and you know, he's certainly one of the, the top prototype drivers. You know, then you got the likes of Felipe Albuquerque. You know, I've I've known Felipe. For, I've known him for a long while, and you know, we've had our ding dongs here. We still laugh here. We had a little incident. I'm completely blaming this on Felipe in Detroit <laughs> as he as he hit me from behind. But the good thing is we managed to laugh about it, and you know, even now he's like, "You owe me one." So the good thing with there is a lot of respect. You know, and when it does go wrong, which inevitably will. You know, we accept it and we let it go. And like I say, I owe him one. <laughs> if you weren't working in racing, if you couldn't work in racing, what would you be doing? That's uh, a question I actually ask myself because who knows? Really? It, it, might, it might be something that, uh, you know, racing careers don't last forever. Yeah. And um, I'm really interested in property, property development um, and that sort of thing. I, I could imagine if I hadn't of, I did a degree in the UK. So um, I think I probably would have ended up in the city working in finance and got very good with numbers. So either that or, or property development. Question that I asked you last year that you needed some time to think about. You've now had pretty much 365 days. What's the best you've driven in a race that you didn't go on to win? Yeah, I'd say Petit Le Mans last year. I mean, we, we controlled the race. Like I say, a lot of people weren't aware. We didn't have the fastest car. Um, you know, sometimes you win a race and you're in a dominant car. That wasn't the case in, in Petit Le Mans. Um, but we, all three drivers did a really good job. And with an hour to go, we had a pretty comfortable um, situation going and until the safety car, which was probably the worst moment. I think it was about two laps before we pitted. So that, that probably would have cost us the victory. But anyway, like I mentioned, we, we then suffered a, an issue with the engine that put us out of the podium fight last question and it is a fun one what company would you choose if you could choose any that hasn't sponsored you or doesn't already sponsor you that you would want on your car simply because you use their stuff and you really want to get it for free <laughs> that's a good question wow see i'm over analyzing this i'm thinking yeah. like you, you can't choose something that's too cheap um exactly unless you use a lot of it a lot of it see Red Bull's a cool company yeah. in the sense that you just get to do a lot of fun stuff. So like the jumping out of the aeroplanes and all that, the events would be fun. Um, they're, they're a fun, cool company. I'm going to, th- again, I'm not sure. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I, I have to confess, in terms of sports, bikes, golf clubs, any sporting equipment, I'm a big fan of. So, so probably one of them, you know, something like Adidas, who, who own TaylorMade, for example, so... Who knows? That's a very logical answer. Yeah. Again, thinking way too much about this. <laughs> well, Ollie, you were the fastest driver in terms of average lap over every weekend last year. You finished as the most valuable driver in the DPI class. Good luck doing it again in 2020. Thank you very much. Patrick Long, you've got different colors on. Still the same brand, though. Back with Porsche yet again. So we'll start off with the best question of all. What's the best pass you've ever made? Uh, that was Laguna Seca ALMS probably 2009 or 2010. It's hard to remember because at that 
time. The last race was Laguna, and then one of the first races was Laguna on the back-to-back season, but it was a final uh, safety car, yellow flag, and uh, we were we were sitting second going into the final corner, and they, they called the green early, and so it was a little bit of a, a, a dive bomb pass on one of my arch arch rivals over at BMW, Joey, and uh, we, we hit doors going through the last corner, and then I knew that if he got back to me, he was going to return the favor, so it was a, a cat and mouse, and we ended up winning the race on sort of a uh, a technicality of a, a yellow flag at the last second. I think they had us beat up until then. But, yeah, those are the, the few small memories that burn in your mind after a, a lot of years and a lot of great races. What would you say is the weirdest thing that you like on a car that your co-drivers have to sort of compromise to? Uh, I don't know if I have anything that's extreme. I, I'm pretty short inseam, and I'm a taller torso. So even though I'm a, a Bantam-sized human being my from the waist to the neck is is relatively normal so it's funny when i get a guy that's the same height as me but we don't fit in the same seat but then i can share a seat with Jörg bergmeister who's six three so yeah don't ask me it's uh the everything that makes up our our anatomy i guess what was your best race last year last year i had to be uh victory at sonoma um, in, a, in another championship, uh, but victories are always going to stand out. I think second at Detroit was a great result for us. We didn't have anything for Jack um, in that in that big big beast, but uh, we were able to hold on and keep the other one, the other sister car behind us. And always good to finish on the podium at a track that's as tough as Detroit and IMSA. You had a couple of heartbreak weekends, Le Mans, Laguna Seca, but what's the race weekend that you want back? I think it's probably Laguna Seca. I think when we lost the car in qualifying, it was clear that we weren't going to get to the end of the championship, uh, and, and that, that hurt. But it was more that the car was so competitive in practice. I think we had a car for a victory, and uh, that's a home race for, for me and, and for Patrick Lindsay. And so that one stung a bit, but the longer you're in this, the, the less you react emotionally, and you, you keep it in perspective. And that's one thing that you gain uh, if, if you get jaded in other ways, the, the perspective and the emotion, definitely you can, you can control a bit more. What's one race car that you've always wanted to drive but never have? Well, up until 2019, I wanted uh, to go in a Williams Formula 1 car, and I was able to achieve that um, dream. But um, at this point, I would say a 908 um, Roadster, open top, you know, think Targa Florio and, and Brian Redman and Vic Elford. Um, I'm a Porsche historian, as many know, but um, outside of that, um, you know, driving V8 supercars, rally cross cars, uh, NASCAR cup cars, I've, I've had a chance to sample a lot of things, and I'm ramping up right now to do my first ice race in February, so that will be a, a new one for me, and my buddy Richard Leitz is preparing my car as we speak, so that'll be fun. The GP ice race is the first weekend of February. Yeah, we'll let you out of Bathurst for that one just because, you know, something new. When you get the schedule for the race weekend, what's your favorite part of it? Lunch, qualifying, end of day, race start? I have to say pre-race, when you get to connect with the fans and and the people who uh, are making memories live time, that's, you know, so much fun as far as racing and and being elbows up i think door-to-door restarts starts things like that are, are always fun so pat will let you go thank you thank you thanks for having me andy lally i'm really looking forward to some of these answers from Uh-oh. you you've driven with john potter for quite a long time now what is the biggest setup compromise that you like on the car that he's really not too much of a fan of actually um probably in the beginning he might have thought i i set up a 
car that was a bit too free, but in reality, he has uh, changed his driving style uh, and really kind of adapted to mine and mm-hmm. and enjoys a, a, a loose race car. He cannot stand understeer uh, just like I can, just like most drivers can't. But uh, um, man, the the biggest the biggest difference between my driving and John's driving is that I have a gigantic seat insert because he's like six mm-hmm. inches taller than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's not something easily changed either. So yeah, no, I I, I, uh, I carry around. my my seat insert weighs like fifteen pounds. <laughs> it's, uh, he I'm I'm like just under five eleven and he's like six four or something like that. He's gigantic. I don't know, but yeah. So I I, I uh, uh, that's probably the only difference really. Other than that. He'll, he'll drive whatever I set up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What was the best race of 2019 for you guys? Uh, we left a win on the table at Sebring. We had a really good strategic plan, saved fuel, stayed right on the bumper of the leader, and then unfortunately there was a yellow with like 10 minutes to go. And on the restart, we got split by the, you know, the prototypes and everybody coming by that did pit, and um, uh, we finished second, but by just a couple car lengths. You know, we kept getting split up, and I couldn't make a lunge on the guy. So that's both your best race of the year and the race you want back. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. What's the best pass you've ever made? Do I have to call out who it was on? They you can if you like want. That. No. Um, funny enough, it's I made a pass for the lead around the outside to win Lime Rock uh, a couple of years ago. 16. And 16. Yeah. And um, I've had some really good passes for the lead at Watkins Glen in the six hour on a crisscross exiting the bus stop. Uh, I would say pass. Wait, how did we win in the Acura at Watkins Glen? I don't remember that pass. <laughs> Probably the pass on the outside of Turn One at, at Lime Rock for the yeah. for the win at, in 2016. When we, we we came from a lap down, came back through the field, and I kept working that outside pass on everybody, where they would block me to the inside and we shoot the outside gap. What's one race car that you have never driven that you want to? Gravedigger. Gravedigger. Yeah. Huge Does monster truck fan? It? No. Uh, yes, a casual monster truck fan. Uh, I definitely want to drive monster trucks. Uh, I've been fortunate to drive um, almost everything out there. You know, I, I've driven sprint cars. I've driven midgets. Uh, I got to drive a a 1990 Benetton Formula One car. I've driven uh, all the way through the open wheel ranks, uh, and I've driven uh, in in from legends cars to late models to to craftsman trucks to uh, camping world truck series to the Xfinity series, all the way up to the Daytona 500 and Cup. So, and then I've driven prototypes and GT cars across the board. I've driven touring cars and whatnot. So I've driven pretty much everything. I have not. I've even done some off-road racing. I have never raced a monster truck, and I would really like to get into one and blast around the freestyle section. That'd be awesome. That would be pretty cool. What is your favorite part of the track schedule weekend? Here? In general. 
when you get the schedule sent to you and you think, ah, sweet, that's it. It's just the race. I I would love to see us do 10 one-day events plus the 24. Um, and let the, let the 24 carry out its speed weeks thing, but we can pretty much, I'm, I'm good to like unload the trailer, do a one-hour practice session, an hour later qualify, and then send it at 3 p.m. for a, an evening race every every single day. I like I like one-day events where you got to be on top of it and, and get on it and go. Your helmet livery hasn't changed in just about all the time that I've known you. What's the story behind it? Funny enough, as a kid, you start messing around with stuff, and that helmet livery debuted when I was a Team USA scholarship winner in 99, uh, and I had, uh, um, yeah, so it's 21 years old this year. And two red stripes, two inches wide with a three-quarter inch gap, and then every once in a while, I'll let a helmet penner mess around with uh you know what's what's in the black it's red stripes on black and then uh, a couple of years ago i changed it up and did like a pearl purple instead of the black but yeah. there's always veritas equitas uh truth and justice in the in the back and then there's always a uh, a logo from alf um which is an animal liberation fitter uh at, at, bleh, i'm saying it wrong and it says until every cage is empty and it's just an, an animal rights logo and then there's the jujitsu kanji on the forehead that's very cool if you could have any company sponsor you because you already use their product and you want to get it for free, what would you want on your race car? Something I don't get already for free? Yep. Oh. Um, whoever, whoever my mortgage company is. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I drive a, I drive a Ford F-150 on the road. Uh, I eat a lot of Beyond Meat and Impossible products. Uh Jeez, uh, the one thing. Actually, both Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat have been really cool to send me a bunch of stuff and try. And, and uh, uh, yeah, I'd want a Ford Raptor. That's what I want. Yeah, who yeah. does it yeah. for sure? All right, and last question. I've been driving Ford trucks since for. I've driven. I haven't owned anything but a Ford truck as my daily driver for the last fifteen years. That's cool. Yeah. Last question for you. If you couldn't work in racing, anything cars, what would you be doing right now? I would probably honestly have a, um, I would probably honestly be opening or partnering with friends of mine to open a jiu-jitsu academy. That's cool. Uh, If not that, then it would be a restaurant. Andy, thanks. Good luck this year. My pleasure. Thank you. Christina Nielsen, what was your best race of 2019? All of them with Catherine Lake. (laughs) (laughs) You have a great English accent. Mm, What was my best race? Um, Honestly, I have to say, I think uh, Suzuka 10 hours was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice one. Sorry. Um, But... Then I think Detroit would be my 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 point for if I had to think. Am I well? I'm supposed to also think of the whole thing, right? Yeah, you can say Suzuka. Would that's you, fair. Would you say okay? Mid Ohio, my start was probably you're right. Yeah. I was thinking Detroit, but Mid Ohio was pretty cool with the start. Um, yeah, overall race, I'd probably say Suzuka was pretty cool. But um, personally, yeah, like Catherine said, the Mid Ohio start from P14 to P4 in one lap was. Yeah, I don't know how I did that. (laughs) 
Uh, Catherine doesn't know either. Nobody knows. It just happened. It was just um, magic. Yeah. So, you know, that was definitely one to remember. What's the race that you want another shot at? Daytona. Yeah. Every time. Never had a like really good result here. I think especially after 17 we were leading with just a one and a half, two hours to go and then the engine blew. Um, you know, for sure. That's the one. What's the best pass you've ever made? Uh, outside. <laughs> uh, VIR. Uh, corner one, two, corner. You go through one, two, three, right? To go down to, like, when you have the one, two, three, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I overtook. It was actually when I was in the Porsche and I was racing the Ferrari, my old team from last year. Um, or the year before and I overtook their driver around the outside in corner one two three um, no touching but like so close in the video you can see the it's just a few inches before the mirrors touch but yeah that would be it what's a race car that you've never driven that you've always wanted to it can be like an old F1 car or an Indy car or I think like an LMP1, you know, you see them around Le Mans, like Le Mans is such a prestigious race and I think that's that's a car that most people dream sitting behind the wheel of, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what we're doing, I think we had a pretty good car this morning, <laughs> like nice first impression, um, but yeah, I think, you know, I've had to pick something completely out of the ordinary, um, I, I think something like that, yeah. What's your favorite part of a race schedule? Qualifying, the time before the race, the time during the race, when is it? How tired I am in the evening, so I always fall asleep early. <laughs> Most of the time. Um, no, I think, I mean, on a serious note, that is true, because yeah. I find I'm always tired. Like, I can go, like, I went to bed yesterday at 10. You know, it was. It felt so good sleeping at 10, waking up at 6. It was fine. I got eight hours. But, no, I would say um, probably when you're leaving the pre-grit um, and you're taking off for the formation lap because at that point all the rush all the like the early morning the autograph session the warm-up um, the rushing to get ready getting the car out on pit lane um, the photographs everything uh, you know there's no more you can do it's done you'll do the best of what you got and it's sort of the moment where it's just you and the car except for the team calling green 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 not much else is being said and that's a really nice moment where is home for you and why because most people think you live in los angeles yep um which i did the last um i lived in california the last five years but you know now i'm here in the yeah i think it's gonna look good <laughs> uh but now i moved back to denmark so yep got a house and just settling in right now it's been quite a few years out of the danish I just grocery shopping was like weird like I had to find new stuff um, or remember old stuff but yeah um, been a little transition here over Christmas got a house is in bought a house yes bought a house feeling like an old lady uh, feeling good about it though <laughs> um, growing up sucks doesn't it sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think about having to clean it it sucks yeah. yes yes who is your favorite person on track to battle against Not Catherine Leck, no. <laughs> well, you don't get to battle against her anymore. Um, I would probably say... I think Ryan Sellers is a really good one. Um, you know, both him and Madison. Um, it, it's just, you know where you have each other. You know it's going to be fair. You know you're going to push it to the limit. But, 
you also know that you're dealing with a person who knows their car really well so they know what it can do what it can handle um, and they rarely put a foot wrong and that makes it you know easier to battle closely and yeah it just actually it just sets you up a really good close racing um, but it's still done with respect and I really like that if I told you you couldn't work in racing you needed to find a job somewhere completely different what would you be doing um, I kind of feel like that's what I'm doing with accelerating change now it is automotive related um, but it's not racing I'm not uh, you know doing it at you know these race weekends um talk a little bit about that yeah um well accelerating change i started with um, mariana small my partner um it is an organization that creates events within the automotive space um catered to women and it is not so much racing related even though yes i do answer racing questions um but it is as much you know getting women to feel more confident behind the wheel outside of the car when they walk into a dealership um, feeling more knowledgeable, having more information, understanding their car better, their tires better. We work a lot with Michelin as well, who's been a great partner of ours. And, you know, just basically um, giving these women great experiences and, you know, hopefully also making them prioritize a nice vehicle in their daily drive or as their daily drive, uh, just like I like to have it. And nice vehicles to make a big difference. So yes, I appreciate 100%. that. It's like flying business or, or, or economy, basically. So <laughs> it gets you from A to B, but it's a little bit nicer in business class. That's a so. great way to think about it. Yeah, okay. that's how I feel like it is. Last question for you. Yep. Any single company that you can imagine comes to you and wants to be your sponsor uh-huh. because you already use their stuff every day in real life and you want to get it for free, which one would you choose? Oh, my God, that's such a difficult one. Um Which one would be cool? Without being super obvious, like... I mean, if it's something I use every day, it would probably be Apple. I use my Apple computer. I use my Apple phone. I use them all the time. You know, I'm terrified every time that that screen, you know, minute counter comes up and tells me how many hours I've been using the screen this week. I'm like, that's a lot. That's too much. But um, I think that wouldn't be a bad one. That might be the best answer I've had yet, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know what the others said, but yeah, that's probably, you know, if it's something I, I use all the time, um, I wear my AirPods a lot. It's good. Yes, that would probably be it. Yes. There you go. Southern California, start listening. Christina needs you as a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Christina. One of the biggest stories of 2019 was Bam Thor. Got both of them together. So fun questions for both of you. Biggest setup compromise on the car between the two of you with different driving styles? Well, I think we're pretty close uh, 90% of the time. If any, I always complain a little bit more about understeer than probably everybody else at Porsche. <laughs> uh, but it's, we're pretty close, pretty equal. Uh, recently, you've wanted more, since you've had a baby, you've wanted more understeer than me. Uh, <laughs> and the cow and stuff. <laughs> What was your best race of 2019? Uh, I've thought about that for for a couple of times, and I don't think there's really one race where we say, wow, we blew everybody away, Uh, we did uh, the best job ever. I think it was more the fact that we never made mistakes and always stayed out of trouble, always 
always qualified somewhere up front, always uh, had a good start, uh, didn't make any penalties during the race. Um, I think that was our strong things. Uh, if I had to pick one, I would pick Long Beach because I really like Long Beach and we, I think we both like street circuits. Uh, so, yeah. Your best race? Yeah, I think it's the same as Lawrence. Like, uh, we just didn't have a bad race. Um, obviously, it's going to be hard to top this year, so I think we've got some points to work on. Um, I think for me, one of our best was Mossport because we were a bit behind and uh, went shorter than everyone and, and managed to jump and get to the front, so I think that was one of our best. What's the race you want back? What's that? What's the race you want back, the one you want to try again? Um, from last year? Yeah. For me, Watkins Glen. I screwed the restart, so I want to uh, I'd do that again. Larry? Um, no, no, it's which was the race we lost out on 9-11 and I was really pissed? <laughs> Lime Rock or Virginia? Virginia. 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 Uh, Virginia. Yeah. Because that was close to the end of the championship and if we would have been in front of them, I think we would have sealed it for Atlanta in hindsight. I was somehow I was pretty <laughs> pissed because we, we lost out on a bit of strategy, I think, towards them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's the best pass you've ever made? Ever or last ever. year? Uh, have I passed you once? I would pick that one. <laughs> Earl? I think it's... Um, I remember a race I did a while ago. Um, I thought it was a pretty good pass. It was in 2016 in Macau. Passed this Audi. <laughs> On its roof? Yeah, then it flipped afterwards. But who won? Yeah, you still won, but... Yeah, so good pass, buddy. Uh, what is one car that you've always wanted to race but never had the opportunity to drive? Um, NASCAR. Yeah. Um, plenty of cars. You know, you, have, you always want to try everything. I made a, like a, a bucket list uh, and simple things. Drive a Formula 1 car, drive a rally car, drive a NASCAR. Uh, you know, as a race driver, you want to try everything. Uh, kind of always liked like the GT1 period, 1998. That year, uh, I've driven the, the, the Porsche TT1 uh, at the show. Um, so uh, that was actually my, my most desired one at that point. The next one I want to drive from the museum is the, the Penske one, the P2 car. So maybe, maybe someday. You know that you have three cars from championships right now within the last two years in the museum. So I think you have pretty good standing to make a request. In terms of a track schedule, when you find out what you're doing on a weekend, What's the thing you look forward to most on any race weekend? Huh. Uh, well, like for me, it's a big part of my job was always qualifying last year. Uh, I was always focusing on that in the start, so qualifying was a, yeah, a big role in my weekend. And I personally also like to do them, so I guess that was, that was one of the exciting moments which I was always looking forward to. Yeah. Earl? I always enjoy the end of the race, look forward to that. Obviously, we work all weekend and, um, you know, then we get into the race, there's a bit of strategy and stuff and then there's nothing better than the last 20 minutes of a race with a hard battle and uh, getting on the podium. I asked you this last year, so you get out of this question, but Lawrence, why does your helmet design look the way it does? Huh, it's very simple, actually. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I drew it myself in go-karts when I was... <laughs> when I was, I don't know, 12, 13. And it's ever been, always been the same, actually. <laughs> actually, this year I went back to the, almost very close to the design I drew back then. Um, so, 
yeah, that's that's pretty much the reason why. And since then, I always stick to it. What company would be your dream company to have sponsor you? Because you already use their stuff and you want to get it for free. Um, uh, most of the time I manage to get a deal somehow. Because <laughs> I'm quite persistent on it. But I like to get free stuff. Um, well, I have, I have Scott for my bikes. I have stuff for my simulator. I got a Porsche, <laughs> so uh, Apple wouldn't be bad at the moment, but it would be hard to get, I think. You're the second person to say that, so you're yeah. in good company. How about for you? Dream company to have sponsor you? I don't know, because to be honest, we, we're sponsored by some pretty awesome companies, like uh, obviously to drive for Porsche and to have a few nice road cars. Quite a fan of watches, but we're sponsored by some really nice watch companies already. Um, Maybe a beer company. Maybe like Corona. Where is home for you and why? Uh, home's Malaysia, actually. Um, I lived there nearly eight, nine years ago now. Um, and I haven't moved. And I see it home. It's nice. The weather's good. Uh, people are really friendly. Food's amazing. Um, and obviously, I came from Porsche there and that's sort of the region. And now with the race team, it's based there. And I can go to the shop and play with stuff. I like to play with the race cars, so I've got a 997 I'm restoring, so it's fun to go play in my shop. Nice. And Lawrence, where's home for you and why? Uh, I live in Stuttgart now since so three years, uh, mainly actually because my wife's from there. She grew up there and uh, yeah, we're together since 10 years and I'm mostly on the roads, so she's alone. But I'm actually, I wouldn't mind living up here in Florida. Uh, Come be my neighbor. <laughs> Yeah, we're always, we come on holiday uh, close to Clearwater, Bel Air, that area. And uh, we're there now since a week and we're staying into the race. And uh, I brought up the idea, why don't we live here? The weather's always good. A lot of nice biking. We're at the water. It's nice for, for the baby. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe one day I can convince my wife. Who's your favorite person to battle against in GTLM? Nick because you always know with Nick he, he would go he would go for it uh, and he would be uh, a tough guy tough and fair guy to battle and you know if you know him he will, he will give you a hit from behind as well but that's what I like as well it makes it challenging and uh, yeah, I would say I would say Nick your favorite person to battle against in GTLM what was that sorry favorite person to battle against in class oh um That was always hard but fair was Westy. He was uh, always a good person to have a fight with on a battle on track. He was hard but fair. Um, and also I'd say Nick Tandy. He's always someone to have a good race against. If you couldn't work in racing, had to pick a career outside of it, what would you do? Racing or motorsport? All of it. I don't know, I never thought about that, so... I, I lived my life since I was like five years old in motorsport. Um, I didn't race, I also still did motor racing, so I'm not actually sure what I'd do. You'd be a homeless bum. No, I wouldn't be that. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to do that. I don't probably... I mean, I grew up on a farm, so I could probably start doing that. Yeah. And Lawrence, if you couldn't work in racing, what would you do? Very good question. Cyclist. 
uh, I would maybe like to try and be a cyclist. I don't know if I have enough talent for that. Um, but yeah, to be fair, no, yeah, I've been doing this since I'm I'm 12, and uh, it's been my focus my whole life. So I don't really know what I'm good at else. <laughs> I think I would, uh, without science fair, I'm the type if I if I want something, I can put my focus on it 200. percent uh, so maybe I'm good at something else, but I don't know. Uh, I hope I will never have to figure out. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good luck this year. 2019 was a good year for Cooper McNeil. You won the Ferrari Challenge Championship again, second year running. But in terms of IMSA, it wasn't everything you wanted it to be. What was the race that you want back because you feel like you could have won? Ah, uh, for sure, Daytona. I mean, the car was so strong and. And uh, even in the rain, Tony was two, three seconds a lap faster than everybody on the track. So um, definitely had the car and the pace to, to win. And then obviously the unfortunate accident at the end with, in traffic. And, and But that's racing. You know, that kind of stuff happens. And, and it is what it is, really. Um, but um, I, definitely, I definitely think we had a really good shot. At, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've come here and two, three hours remaining. It looks like it's really good. And then it's disaster. So... Um, you know, this I think will be my tenth Daytona. So sooner or later, it, it'll happen. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with the preparation that these guys on my team, Scuderia Corsa, have, and the new car and Ferrari and uh, the reliability and everything. So um, we just keep digging at it and, and keep pushing. But definitely Daytona, that one stung the, the most all, all, out of the entire year. What was your best race of 2019? Um. I would say Laguna Seca. Yeah, yeah WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca when I qualified, what was it, second or third? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, third, and then um, gave the car to Tony in P2, and we finished P2. So uh, that, I mean, to, to, to be able to, to accomplish that at, at our, uh, you know, our WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca named track, yeah. uh, it felt really good, and uh, everything kind of came together. And it's not easy there with uh, the tire degradation that we see, especially, and, and the track layout itself. So, um it was nice to have a good fight early on with Trent Hidman, who ended up winning the championship. So I got around him, so I felt pretty good about that. Um, but then uh, something else that comes to mind was my stint from, I think, midnight to 3 in the morning at Daytona uh, when I was leading and keeping Chris Mees behind me, who's a factory Audi driver. So I felt really good about that. I mean, we've got a new car this year, similar to last year, but different. So I'm hoping to, to you know basically pick up where we left off last year and move forward and you know in the level of competition in this in this field in gtd i think is top two or three worldwide so um you're never going to win every race you're not going to you're not going to win every other race that doesn't exist so um we try and do as best as we can and and push the car as hard as we can and and we see where we end up You've got Tony Valander driving with you. What's the biggest setup compromise between the two of you? Uh, it's a tough question because there really isn't one. I mean, yeah. we share the exact same seat. He has a tiny little piece of foam behind him, and that's it. Nothing. I wow. mean, just behind him in his lumbar, that's it. Um, and him and I get along really well. We're good friends off the track. Uh, great team camaraderie. Um, and he's one of the best. So I'm just learning everything I can from him, which is which is really good. Um, sometimes he's tough because he's he's so uh, honest that uh, sometimes it's a little tough. But um, that's also a good thing because he doesn't sugarcoat anything and there's no BS with him. So um, 
uh, I'm great, you know, grateful to have him on the t- part of the team with Ferrari and, and have him back for the second year in a row. What is the best pass that you have ever made in your career? Oh boy. Uh, I would say Laguna Seca last year, Ferrari Challenge, uh, 2018, when I started uh, 11th, and with 15 minutes to go, I was leading the race, and I had five passes in the corkscrew, on the the inside of the corkscrew. And that's not normally a place where you pass, but I passed five separate passes on five separate different cars in a 30-minute race when I started 11th, so... When you ask me that question, I mean, that's two years old now, but that's the first one that comes to mind. What's one race car that you've never driven that you would give anything for the opportunity to drive? It's a tough question. I've driven pretty much everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I would say um, right now at the top of my list is um, uh, the Ferrari 550 uh, Pro Drive car. Yeah, uh, I think from what I've heard, that's one of, if not the best GT Ferraris that yeah. Ferrari's ever built. I mean, it's kind of technically built by ProDrive, but regardless, um, nowadays they go for two and a half, three million dollars for the thing. So, um, yeah, pretty crazy for an old, old, you know, beat up race car. <laughs> but I mean, that one's at the top of my list. Um, I would like to do some, some off-road stuff too i've never driven a trophy truck and i've always wanted to get hop in a trophy truck and just do 130 miles an hour over you know three foot deep ruts um and uh and you know haul ass through the desert with an x-track transmission and 36 inches of travel and and you know get mud and stuff flying in your face and everything and i've always wanted to drive one of those so maybe one day baja might be in in the future but uh for now i'm quite happy with the 488 What's the favorite part of the schedule for you? When you get to the track and you look at it, you've got three days. What's your favorite part of those three days? Uh, the end. Um, because um, if everything comes together, it's uh, you know the fruit of everybody's labor, especially the crew guys, because they all work so hard 24-7, 365, really. No breaks. I mean, they're on the road all the time. Uh, they really see their families and everything. So to reward them with a, a podium finish at the end of any race, basically, for me to see, you know, the, you know, ecstasy in the guy's eyes um, from from performing well and, and doing everything perfectly for me is is uh, is the best part. You're an exception to this rule because you already have your dream sponsor on your car, on your clothes, on everything. So dream company to have sponsor you because you already use their stuff all the time and you would really like to get it for free and we've had answers by the way we've had liquor companies we've had (laughs) sports activities stuff so the opportunities are endless uh i mean for me i guess it comes down to a safety standpoint and i would say um Schubert helmet helmets i mean i currently wear one but they're expensive and i i'm not sponsored by them so i don't get them for free i pay for them (laughs) um and it's the safest helmet in the paddock um hands down um so yeah i would say a sponsorship from them would be would be nice but they don't sponsor anybody besides f1 drivers and i'm too tall for that so that's okay just a little bit it's okay (laughs) um who's your favorite person to battle against in your class uh, honestly, anybody that drives clean. Um, I don't have a 
a favorite uh, driver um, that I like to battle against, but I, I enjoy good, hard, clean racing, and that's what it's all about. The whole bumping, bump and run deal, I, I despise that because that's not that's not fair. That's not what we're here to do, and and uh, you know the cars are too expensive to do that kind of crap. So anybody that races me hard and clean, um, it, to me, is is fun. Like. For example, like the stint I mentioned last year with Chris Mees, him and I for two hours straight were battling for the lead, and we never touched once. He gave me room, I gave him room, and it was honestly awesome. And, um, you know, it was good, hard, clean racing, and that's what you want to see. You know, the whole days of NASCAR and everybody crashing each other is 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 long gone, especially in GT racing with you know million dollar cars. Um, so anybody that races good, hard, clean racing and fair is, uh, is for me, is enjoyable. And the last question, again, I'm going to amend this just for you. If you couldn't work at WeatherTech and you couldn't be in racing, what would you be doing in life? What's your other passion? Um, <laughs> it's a funny question. Yeah. Um, for me, I've always enjoyed the art outdoors. I went to the school in Colorado for, for college and, and, uh, you know, if, uh, if, life was a lot simpler for me I'd live in the mountains and and work in the mountains and uh, be outdoors all the time and live a simplistic life not off the grid but more or less off the grid Um, and uh, enjoy nature all the time because I love I love the mountains and and being in in a you know beautiful area where nobody else is and and um, I mean don't get me wrong it's it's amazing to be able to do what I do and and um, and drive these amazing cars but uh if life was different, I'd, I would prefer the complete opposite end of what we do now, a much more simplistic simplistic life where we uh, you know, don't have much to worry about. Tommy Milner, new baby for 2020. But before we get to that, let's go back to 2019. What was your best race of the year? Oof. Uh, that's a good question. I, nothing stands out at the moment. Um, which probably indicates how the year went a little bit last year, but um, uh, yeah, I, I guess the the ones that you win, the ones that stand out, obviously, with no wins last year, nothing nothing stands out. But there was definitely a couple races last year where you know you feel like you kind of got the most out of the car, most out of yourself. Um, and to be completely honest, I can't even tell you one right now. <laughs> Um, is there one in particular that you'd like to have another shot at? Uh, Watkins Glen definitely yeah. comes to mind. Yeah. We had a good car there, I think, and just the start of the race obviously didn't go quite to plan there. So, um, And that led to missing a couple races. So, uh, yeah, that would be the one for sure to take back. Yeah, But all good now, right? Yep, all good. Sweet. You and Ollie have driven together for a long time now. You guys have formed quite the dynamic duo. Wins at every track on the schedule except for two, Watkins being one of those. So let's knock that out this year, please. Yeah. What's your biggest setup compromise on the car between the two of you? Uh, just giving in to Gavin's unreasonable uh, requests. I think those are the, that's the, the major one. No, I'm kidding. We both ultimately you know, talk about the car the same, you know, want the same things from the car typically. So... Um, even from day one working with him, there wasn't a point where it was like, you know, he needs something different than I do. We both sort of speak about the car in the same way. We both want the same thing from the car. So there's always some races here or there where you 
maybe want something a little bit different than he does, but for the most part, we've been pretty much line on line. What is the best pass that you have ever made in your racing career? Oh boy, the best pass I've ever made. I mean, the one that jumps out in my mind right away is one that was probably the easiest pass of my career, but it was one that just meant a lot and it was hard to get there let's say so Le Mans 2011 with the changing conditions um I know at that point the Ferrari was uh hampered a little bit at that point too but um just the difficulty of knowing that car was minutes in front of us and then having an entire stint in these crazy conditions having to manage that to get to them and you know kind of put them under pressure so um that one's pretty good. Um, yeah, I guess it's, for me at least, the ones that I remember the most are the ones that were probably maybe don't stand out as, like, technically a impressive pass. But, you know, going from, whatever, 6th or 5th to 1st at, at uh, Elkhart Lake in 2016, that was, awesome. that was pretty fun. Um, yeah, and you know, like looking looking back on it, I think Westy was was a little bit damaged from the contact from earlier. But you know, he, I was able to get by him, but he didn't. It wasn't like I drove away from him either. So um, I had one shot to get a run on him and make the pass. And you know, again, I kind of replayed in my head. And he, they struggled with front tires early on restarts, and he still had that issue. And so I just set myself up for the best run possible out of out of three and. I got that good run, and I had to sort of fake one way to prevent a block. So that one uh, still still feels good. <laughs> Even four years later, that's pretty yes. cool. Uh, what is one race car that you have always wanted to drive, but you've never gotten the opportunity to do so yet? Um, I think any of like the early '90s, like Group C GTP cars. Mm-hmm those cars were super cool super fast a time when you know they were probably as quick as f1 cars were and um you know watching some of the onboards from the day that when they had them and you know sort of more recently now as people race them in historic stuff those things look super cool to drive when you get the schedule for the weekend and you look at it for what 11 races of the year What's the most exciting part to you? What's the part you look forward to the most? Um, I think every year's different, right? So, you know, this year, going to some of the, some of these tracks just in general are going to be fun. So with a new car um, and the challenge of trying to get the most out of this car in some ways. So um, I always like most sport. It's one of my favorite tracks to drive just in general. Um, so I think this new C8R there is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and you know, Petit Le Mans is always fun. Just the track with our GT cars is incredible. VIR is another place where just driving the car on the track is exciting no matter what. Um, so yeah, this year's a little bit different, I think, just because we have a whole new car now, a new challenge there's a reason to get excited for pretty much all of the courses. So, um, yeah, this year's already 
been a lot of fun. <laughs> Your helmet design hasn't changed very much over the years. What's the backstory on it? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely, like, if you compare myself to Oliver, my helmet's changed dramatically <laughs> every year, um, which is cool. I like, I've always, I've always liked that style of something very simple, you know, stays the same. I, I really appreciate that kind of helmet. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I've definitely, I've never had the same helmet from year to year, but I've always, let's say, sort of kept some, something from a previous year or something like that. I, I ultimately look at the helmets as art in some way. Yeah. So um, my helmet painter, Tyler, um, who sends sport graphics, he's always, I've just liked his style and his eye for design and things like that. So lately now I, I give him some sort of design constraints in some way and I let him design a couple things and we go back and forth for a little while and figure out, you know, what we like and color scheme and things like that. So, um, I've, I've always had this logo that I've used for a long time on my helmets in some way that it's nothing that I push. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't try to make a big deal about the logo, but I've had it on my helmets now since I think 2007, maybe something like that. Um, so that for me has been a, a constant and it's just something that I've designed that I like the look of. It's different from most drivers, let's say logo in some way. I don't have my initials in it anywhere, which not to say that's a wrong way to go about it, but uh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed just exploring the art aspect of playing with different ideas and materials and colors and designs and all that kind of stuff. So this year specifically, I went and saw a Pearl Jam uh, event or a, or a um, display, let's say, when I was in, uh, where was that? Was that in Canada? No, it was in Seattle. And there's a bunch of of their artwork and stuff. Their their posters from their shows, and there was a couple that I just took pictures of and drew some inspiration for from that. So, nice. Yeah. Who's your favorite person to battle against in GTLM? Um, to be honest, and this is being very honest, they're all they're all fun in some way to battle. Um, it's a little bit of a diplomatic answer, but it's true. I mean, all the guys are really good. Um, you know, some guys are a little bit tougher than others in some way, but, you know, I mean, I've, I've had some great battles with all the guys, honestly. Um, so I guess that's the, the, the beauty and the beast or whatever of driving this class is there's not anybody that's easy by any means. Everyone's tough in their own way. Some are super aggressive and, you know, hard to get around or hard to even sort of feel like you can race them wheel to wheel. But at the same time, you know, your foot, it's, you are capable of that. And that's what's so great about this class is when you have success, you feel like you've done something because these guys are all so good at what they do. Two more fun ones for you. The yep. first one, if you were not allowed to work in racing, motorsport, anything car-related whatsoever, what would you be doing right now? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no idea, honestly. Helping uh, Lauren with real estate? Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, real estate. It seems like <laughs> fun. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy, let's say, art in some ways, so taking pictures and like graphic design, that kind of stuff. I enjoy that 
side of the things, which is totally sort of separate from racing. So, um, something, yeah, something like that. Photos, graphic design, something in that realm, probably. It's probably my next closest hobby, let's say. And finally, yeah. you've got possibly the greatest sponsor you possibly could have with Corvette Racing on the car, but dream scenario. What company would you like to sponsor you because you already use their products and you would really <laughs> like to get them for free? I'd be doing myself and and my wife a big favor by picking some horse company in some way um, and building a barn right now. So maybe some sort of a, you know, an architect or a builder in some way or something like that would be a nice, uh, nice sponsor to have. So, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, th- I think in some ways I'm not super loyal to any one particular company. Um, that's, I've never even thought of, honestly, I've never even thought about like what would be the, the ideal sponsor. So, um, yeah, right now the first thing that comes to mind is some sort of a fancy architect or builder that can build us some really awesome garage and, and barn kind of thing. Well, it's a good thing you already have the perfect sponsor on your car, Tommy. Good luck this year with Corvette. Thanks, Jay. It's a little bit of honor and prestige to get the best pit box in terms of the GTD class because you had to fight off a lot of cars to get there, Frankie. It was a very good lap from the Lexus. Were you expecting to be that competitive? Uh, I think, like I said before, uh, the Aimbass Sullivan guys gave us a great RCF. Uh, we, we learned a lot over the entirety of last year, and we rolled that in, and even yesterday, each session got better and better and better, and uh, for us to make those little changes before qualifying, just it, it really helped. So, you know, the pit box doesn't mean you're going to have a great race, but it actually helps if you don't have a great race to get close to the garages and to, you know, to get behind the wall and then get back out there fast. So I think it's good. It, um, it gave both cars a great pit stall to, to start the 24-hour weekend. And in terms of last year, you don't have much to improve upon at this race. It's going to be a lot easier to get there when you have a clear entry into the pit lane every time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this this race and this field at uh, at Daytona every year gets more competitive and better. So you know, we're here to race. I think it's not going to be an easy shot by all means to get back up on that podium, but we're going to give it our best shot. And you've got good drivers in your car to do it with Townsend back again, but having a guy like Shane Van Gisbergen, I, I just want to ask you really quickly about his driver changes because he does it the Virgin Australia Supercar way, which is head and foot at the same time. It's one of the funniest ways to get in the car. Do you laugh at him every time? Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's different as well. I feel like it's me, Aaron, you know, Townsend, and Shane, and uh, that was the biggest thing I think we had to work on this weekend was <laughs> getting him to fit in the car because he's so much bigger than me and uh, me and the rest of the guys. So it's it's pretty funny. You look at him inside the car, and it just does not look like it's a big car. And then you know, me or Aaron get in there, and you're like, oh, well, yeah, that's a big difference. <laughs> Congratulations on the pole position, the best garage, the best pit box, and we look forward to seeing if you can get a watch. Thank you. Kyle Bush, welcome to Daytona. Normally when we're here, you're not getting passed by other cars. How hard is it not to hip-check those faster cars when they combine the other classes? Well, sometimes when they're when they're mean to you, when they force you offline, when they try to pass you, that's kind of like a, come on, man. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely not fast enough to catch back up to them on the next straightaway, so they're gone. And uh, you don't ever really know who's behind the wheel of those cars anyway very much, so it's just a matter of trying to stay as much out of the way but yet focus on what you need to do with your race and, uh, and who you got going on around you. 
You know, everybody in every car, in whether it's Monster, whether it's Xfinity, whether it's the, the trucks, how hard is it to come out here and you've got 149 other people in cars and you have no idea what they're capable of? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. You know, there's sometimes you're following people and they're in a faster car than you, but they're slow. And so you're kind of like, okay, this is um, one of the lower classed guys um you know they talk about the different classifications with gold silver etc so um you know you, you just kind of just have to be mindful of all that and not knowing exactly who's in in what at any particular moment but um just like i said just always be mindful and and not take too big a risk it's a long race and and i think that by the end of the day if you're racing for spots and positions and such it's going to be on the guy who's last in the car which i'd imagine be jack that um, you know, it, it's it's going to be for him to push the issue. And you mentioned you want to do Le Mans someday. Is that just because you're a racing addict? Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I think that um, having the opportunity to go do that, Toyota's obviously got a fantastic program over there. It'd be amazing to get in that and to be able to go run that. But with all the rules and the way the driver lineups are and all that sort of stuff, it's so weird. It's way too complicated. Um, I've been asking for a couple of years to go over there and do it, and just can't get in. Um, you know, cars full. So uh, you know, we see what we can figure out down the road well you picked up right where you left off james glotto uh, first best in gtlm uh, in terms of petit le mans qualifying in terms of the race and now in terms of the roar what does it mean for risa competizione that your guys aren't going to have to walk so far to go from the garage to the pit lane <laughs> well yeah like you said i think it's not the most important pole position um but it is good for rizzy it's good for you know for ferrari to be at the front um so you know it's nice to see it's always nice to see us at the top um and yeah, like you said, we've got choice of garage now. So, um, so yeah, I mean, let's see if that proves to be an advantage going forward. But I think, you know, the priority of this whole um, raw, the whole test, is to find a car which is um, well balanced. Um, check the reliability. It's a brand new car, uh, brand new chassis. So um, yeah, it's different to the petit car. Um, but yeah, everything so far is performing well. There are a few tweaks that we need to make, especially in the warm conditions. Um, struggling a bit with the balance, but um, you know we we'll work on that, and um, you know look forward to coming back here at the end of the month. So if it's cold, you feel pretty good about getting one step better than last year. Yeah, I think so. I think you know every time someone reminds me of last year, I get so annoyed. But um, <laughs> uh, you know that's the way it was. Um, you know we've had a third here, had a second, so. Um, you know, it's our chance now this time. We know we've got a good car to, to try and get the win and uh, get that watch. That's what I want the most. So, um, so yeah, looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really close. I think um, we've just seen now the times are very close, especially uh, Porsche and Corvette. They look strong. So um, let's see. It's a long race, but um, it's a good start so far. Good luck. Thank you. Checkered flag has waved, and the last sounds of engines as they come around the track for a final time come back into their garage areas, let the crew members do some final preparations, pack up the cars, send them home just for a couple of weeks before everybody is back here in Daytona Beach, Florida for the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona for 2020. Well, the last session was completely green, no incident, no accident, I'm happy to report. But I do have a little bit of bad news. It looks like that 11 Grasser Lamborghini that went off in the practice just before qualifying started, that might need a new chassis. They're going to look at it when they take it back to South Florida. But that's nothing that can be repaired here at the track. So they did not run the final session. 28 of the potential 38 cars that could have run did. So we had a good showing. And out of those, it was fairly even across the board. Porsches were very fast once again as the heat started to come back into the day. 
but it is, at the end of the day, Ferrari with the best pit box for the GTLM class. In GTD, it was Lexus. In LMP2, it was Ben Keating and Pier 1 Matheson Motorsport. When I went to have a chat with Ben, he'd already left the track. And then, if we go further down into the prototype category, it was the Mazdas, once again, claiming the honor of the best position. So a very good showing from Mazda with Olivier Plot setting the time. So that's it. We're done testing. All that's left to do is go race and kick off this championship season and see who is going to be able to tell me what time it is all year long. I'm Shay Adam from Mimster Radio. Thanks for listening. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.